Well, the Montgomery County School District in Maryland is forcing children to study LGBTQ books as required reading, and they are removing parents' rights to opt out their children. This story has been all over the news, and today I've got Lindsay Renee on the show. She is the president of the Moms for Liberty chapter in Montgomery County, and we're going to unpack this. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Thank you guys for listening today, wherever you are. I appreciate those of you who continue to leave reviews for the show wherever they are at and everyone who's joining me at the Faith That Speaks Bible Study. We're going to continue to go through Genesis chapter 1 to 11, talking about God's design for human beings. And it's a powerful, powerful reminder that while the world might be in chaos, God's people don't need to be. The Word of God is an anchor, and we need it now more than ever, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And it seems to me that the more we push back against the darkness, the louder the people on the left are becoming. And it takes courage to stand up in this generation right now and to be counted. And I am thrilled today to have Lindsay Renee on the show. You guys know how important it is that we are aware of what's happening in our school system and that we stand up in defense of children. And so I'm thrilled to have Lindsay on the show. Welcome. I'm glad that you're here. Hey, thanks for having me. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm, I'm really interested in this story. You have you and I have a mutual friend, and uh, she reached out to me. And I, as I'm as I'm looking at what's happening, I feel like every day it's just another headline. It's another crazy thing that that's going on. But you guys are actually making some noise there in Montgomery County, and it's gotten you all over the news. The Epic Times is covering this. Fox News is covering it. It's pretty incredible uh, what you guys have been able to do in terms of getting this story out into the public. Square. And the reason I want you on today is because I am continuing. I mean, you should read my Instagram feed. I'm continuing to hear from parents who are like, that's not happening over here. My public school is amazing. We have wonderful teachers, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not saying there aren't wonderful teachers. I'm saying that the wonderful teachers' voices have been drowned out now for years and years by the alphabet mafia. And really, that's what's happening there in Montgomery County, isn't it? Yeah. So we got letters basically saying that these books were coming into our, our school system. And a lot of, there's literally like 10 parents at my school that we were like, absolutely not. We contacted our principal, we created an opt-out form. And what literally started as like 10 of us literally turned into 17 at the school. We're a really small school on the outskirts of the DC area. And literally overnight, I would say from December 1st to like January, our story kind of blew up and people started hearing about these books in their school system. And they were like, well, how did you opt out? And it literally was like wildfire, like spread. And we went from 10 families to about 330 members, like within two months. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, because parents don't want this stuff. Exactly. And they're not being given an opportunity. And the fact of the matter is when, and the reason why the Alphabet Mafia is targeting children is because children's minds are impressionable. And they know that if they can create these these ideas, if they can plant these ideas in their head, they've pretty much got them for the rest of their lives. If they can do this from kindergarten through 12th grade, it's over. Yeah, I actually have, you literally hit the nail on the head because I have teachers that are terrified to speak up that literally send me blast messages in my inbox and say, please keep me anonymous. But they're literally sending me screenshots of trainings where they're basically being told that they... The goal is to make sure that these kids are non-binary by a certain age. Yep. 
And the younger that they can get them into teaching that through math curriculum, through English curriculum, through social studies, whatever, you name it, then they can make them start to question their identity. And to me, it's all about identity. Um, If you can get a kid to start questioning their identity at three and four and five, then you've got a foothold into the mind. Yeah, that's right. I just did a fundraiser here over the weekend, and uh, my friend Mike Ferris, who's out from your neck of the woods, came out to speak on behalf of what we're doing here. And it occurred to me, my mother-in-law was uh, helping us with name tags, and she has this beautiful handwriting. It's called the Palmer Method. And I've never seen anyone do it, but her sister, who recently passed away, also uh, has handwriting. This this gorgeous, um, almost looks like from the 1700s, just flowing and beautiful. Well, they learned it in second grade. They learn this handwriting in second grade. And here, here's my mother-in-law coming up on 80, and she's still, that's the way she writes. And I was telling the audience, I said, look at your name tag. My mother-in-law learned this handwriting in second grade because they knew if they could teach her something when she was little like that, it would stay with her forever. That's exactly why they're doing what they're doing, isn't it? It's exactly why they're doing what they're doing. Um, the only reason I kind of talked into this is because I knew that the attack was on identity. Like that's something very um, passionate on my mind because a lot of us walk around not knowing our identity, right? So if we're going after our kids, like that's that really just started to irk me, especially when I started seeing these emails coming in from teachers saying, please keep me anonymous, but this is the plan. And that just, it really sickens me, but I also know that we're fighting a battle and we actually, our voice is more powerful than we think. That's right. And actually a lot of people don't know this, but the homeschool law, Mike Ferris reminded us the other day, Homeschooling was made legal in all 50 states by a very, very small group of people who pushed and pushed and pushed because they knew this was, this is consistent with the founding fathers. It's consistent with liberty, which is what we're all about here in the United States, the ability to direct the upbringing of our own families, to choose for ourselves, our right. own destiny, and to live in freedom. And they were able to, up against the National Educators Association, which, by the way, corrupt, wicked, evil organization— And these people are the ones, they're behind this stuff. I mean, they are behind it 100%. And I I would just encourage to to be reminded that homeschoolers won their freedom against people who are pushing back from Harvard University and all these woke, disgusting institutions and the National Educators Association. They were able to secure their liberty. And we can do the same thing, but we're going to have to stay in there. I want to read to you something from Fox News and and get your comment on it. Uh, They're saying several parents requested a policy to opt out of their children reading these radical uh, indoctrination books. Uh, And it says they recently updated the policy by the school board and insisted that the students would be required to, quote, engage with these materials. In addition, parents will no longer be required to be informed on which books will be included on these lists. Quote, students and families may not choose to opt out of engaging. I love that word with any instructional materials other than, quote, Family Life and Human Sexuality Unit of Instruction, which is specifically permitted by Maryland law. As such, teachers will not send home letters to inform families when inclusive books are read in the future. This is wickedness that they're, I mean, they're basically telling parents, bye-bye, we're in charge. Yes. So they have slowly been kicking us out since COVID, let's be real. Um, and they knew exactly what they were doing then. That's why we stayed and shut down for forever in Montgomery County. Um, but they know exactly what they're doing. This is not like, oh, it just so happens to be like this plan. No, it, there's clearly an agenda behind what is happening. Um, let my three-year-old have to read this material. He is in their speech academy. 
So it's a pet program for kids with autism, like autism, it's speech delays, any kid with an IEP at three and so four years old. They're targeting special needs kids. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. All right. So where do you, so you, you are obviously you're with uh, Moms for Liberty, an organization, uh, which I love. And I want to know what a lot of parents are asking, because this show obviously airs nationwide and I'm trying to sound the alarm. Like what's happening in Montgomery County is happening in Nebraska. It's happening in Iowa. It's happening in Illinois. It's happening in Podunk, Oklahoma. If you've got people in your, if your school has any teachers that are representing the National Educators Association, this garbage is right. in your schools. And so uh, short of pulling kids out, which, you know, you know me, that's my mantra. I'm like, get your kids out of these schools. It makes me so flipping angry. It makes right. me so angry that they're targeting children. But aside from that, tell parents what they can do. I mean, how can people make their voices heard? How do we push back against this? Yeah, I think you actually are going to have to just get up and be brave. And we can't keep standing and saying, oh, it's not happening in our schools because it is happening in our schools. If you actually just dig a little bit, you'll find them. Every person that I thought that was in the schools, I had literally been able to pull a library and basically showed them, no, it's actually in your kid's library. They might not be reading it in class right now, but it's in the library of the school. And if it's in the library, it's going to make its way into the classroom. That's how I see it. Um, and so one of the biggest things that I'm encouraging parents and that Moms for Liberty is really big in is we're empowering parents. Like, you have a voice. <laughs> it is your constitutional right and your liberty to stand for what you want your child to learn. And no governmental authority, no governmental or educational authority can tell you that. And the moment that they do, they've crossed the line of your liberty. Um, And we are just all about empowering parents to actually be brave and bold and stand up. Because you elected these officials, you have the right to remove them from office, too. So let's be clear. Like, it starts at the voting polls. We are the ones that put these people in place. And so... We're about empowering parents, but also raising up other members of our group or even the community that are actually bold enough and brave enough to be like, no, the agenda stops here um, and raising them into those positions as well. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. So if somebody wants to find out if these books are in their school, how do they, what, what's the best way for them to do that? School technically has to give you the rights to actually know what's in the library. Um, if you ask any board of education member or even, let's say your principal and you ask for their link for where the books are found, they're actually have to give you permission to know exactly what books are in their library. So it's not as hard as people think it is, is what you're saying. Exactly. I mean, you have the right to know your kid's curriculum. You have the right to ask questions. And the moment they start telling you that you don't have the right, that's where I would put a first red flag up is, no, actually, 
I do have the right to know what my kid is saying and what my kid is learning. Um, I also would point to some of these surveys that they're asking these kids. A lot of parents are like, oh, they're just little surveys going out. No, they're actually digging for information and trying to flag your kid against like what they think um, if they would actually be bold enough to actually speak against the institution. So they're actually called data mining. It's these surveys that these kids are being having to take in school. Um, one of my, angers me to talk about these things. So one of them was given to middle school last year and it basically asked them their political viewpoint and basically made it sound like if you're a Republican, you were the worst person on earth and you hated people. That's what these middle schoolers were taught. One of our elementary classes basically had to take a poll and found out this year that one of the questions, once they like reposted some of the surveys, one of the questions literally asked if they were binary or non-binary in fourth grade. And that's just in fourth grade. Uh, and it was supposed to be a poll about like tobacco and bullying. So like they're clearly hiding a lot of the stuff in the surveys that they're asking these kids to take on their Chromebooks. And it, it's just infuriating because they've literally tried to hide it in every single outlet. And it's becoming it's coming to the surface, which is a great thing because parents are seeing right through it, some of us. And the more that we can see through it, we can call other parents to rise above it as well. And can you can you I mean, from the from the legislative level, where do we yeah. go? So I think we really have to push for parental rights. I mean, we have it at the federal level, but America was founded upon our state and local levels. Right. Not just the federal government ruling everything. And so I think these, what we do, at, at least in Maryland, we've been really pushing for parental rights. We actually proposed a bill with some senators and put it on the floor. Obviously, it didn't make its way through because we love it. Annapolis, but they like to call themselves the Sisters of California. So it did die in one of the committees, but it basically put in legal action that parents do want their rights back. And it's not just about the books. Like, I feel like people are like, oh, you just want parental rights so you can opt out of reading books. No, there's bigger stuff at play. There's a lot of things being hidden from parents that parents are unaware of. And if you actually start digging and finding stuff, it's it's easy to find once you actually start digging. It's just like a little bit like a rabbit trail, to be honest. Yeah, hiding in plain sight. Yes, it's really hiding in plain sight from some of these, for some most parents. You just have to be willing to actually read and actually start doing your homework on some of this stuff. Moms for Liberty is kind of tackling this all over the country. And if people want to find out about Moms for Liberty and see if they've got a chapter in their area, where do they go? Yeah, so you go to Moms for Liberty. Um, the website, and then you literally, they have a link that says find my chapter or see if I start a chapter. And it literally lists every county on every state. I think we actually have 41 states now that are represented. There's only nine left that we do not have a Moms for Liberty chapter in, which is pretty cool. We have a really active chapter, and there's a lot of people that uh, that follow me here in Washington State. And there's a really great chapter right here in, in Clark County where I live. And I'm glad to see more moms getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. It really does take courage. And I love that you said, and I wrote it down several times, you said you, you have to be brave. It requires courage to stand up uh, to these people. I was just speaking about this agenda in Longview for the Family Policy Institute of Washington over the weekend. And darn if we didn't get followed up there and there were protesters everywhere, you know, screaming and yelling. One, There's one, my favorite sign. This is my favorite sign. Uh, Lindsay, see if you like it too. He's standing up in front. He's, you know, got his rainbow you know, garb on, 
And he just has a big sign that says, stop your silly summit. And I just want to go, well, okay, since you asked. <laughs> Stop your silly summit. You know, uh, these, our children are worth fighting for. Our children are worth defending. Jesus said in Luke 640 that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. And there's a reason why these kids are being targeted and parents can't stick their head in the sand anymore and just go, oh, I send my kid to school and they're getting reading, writing and arithmetic because it's a whole lot more than that. And the worst part about this is uh, this is in every subject in school. So people think, oh, it's just in library. No. It's in math when they're, they're teaching diversity, equity, and inclusion. I promise you, your kids are doing yeah. uh, arithmetic lessons and they're learning about DEI and they're learning about transgenderism and non-binary and all the things. It's everywhere, isn't it? It, it really is. Um, and I kind of wanted to point back. I actually wrote something in 2021 when I was having a quiet time. The board gave me this word and I want to read it because I feel like you literally keep saying it over and over. And I basically heard like the sound arising and it says the sound is arising and it's the voice of mothers. It's the sound of mothers who will not allow the enemy to cross the threshold of their homes and territories. A voice like a lioness protecting her cub from the attack of other animals. She defends and then she attacks when the predator gets too close for she knows she is the last line of defense. There's a voice arising from the quiet, one that shouts the truth. And as it grows louder, the enemy begins to retreat. For it is the voice of the mother who will not back down, for they have one goal in mind. You will not touch my kids. They are willing to lay down everything, including their life to fight. And it is a generation of mothers who have not been blinded, but rather have been unveiled to see the enemy's plan as he pushes his agenda, propaganda, demonic oppression toward their children. These mothers will be empowered with wisdom and voices, for they are the mother of a nation. It is a voice that is and will only get louder that no politician, position of power, demonic entity will be able to stop it. For the voice doesn't care about who that is that's speaking against them. For no money, greed, or fear will silence it. It is the sound of a bold and courageous voice of a mother. And I feel like you kind of keep bringing that up. Um, I really, truly feel like this next move to protect this next generation, it has to be the mom's. And yes, there's going to be dads and grandparents and community leaders involved. But I also think that the church needs to be behind these moms. They need to be also standing behind them and saying, we are for you. We might not want to step into the political ring, but we are for you. We are not against you. We are praying for you. We're interceding for you. And I think that that's one of the roles that the church has to kind of take on behind some of these parents is that they feel alone. They feel like they're getting hate. like. Our Board of Education has basically, if I wasn't strong in who I was because the Lord is with me, like their words are very hurtful. They basically turn you your words around and make you say that you're teaching your kids hate. Yeah. Um, our Board of Representatives has, every time we've brought this topic to the table, she's literally twisted our words and basically said you're against this community. And that's not the case at all. We've actually counseled and actually spoke to several families who are part of this community. And they think that this is way too young. Most of them didn't even know what their sexual identity was, let's say until they were 18 years old. So they think that this is insane that they're pushing it on these little kids. So it's not just that community. There's just a loud ABC alphabet is what you like to call it speaking over them. And I feel like they also will play a crucial role in actually speaking up too. And I think it's going to take boldness and courage. We're fighting an enemy that we cannot see, so to speak, because we're in a spiritual battle. We're not in like just this natural battle. We're seeing it take place in the natural, but it's on a spiritual level first. 
Well, and it's it you know, I'll I'll take it a step further. I'll say I'll say what you're too nice to say. The fact that the church has taken this long to engage in this is shameful. This is not political. And even if it were political, the church belongs, sorry, in politics. The church should have a voice. These are our leaders. These are our leaders. And so while churches, you know, they hide behind their 501c3s and we, you know, and we misunderstand separation of church and state, which is a huge, big misunderstanding. Thomas Jefferson writes a letter to the Danbury Baptist Church. And now today it's like separation of church and state. No, that was never the intention. Our founding fathers, uh, they created this country for moral people. Right. And the and the republic cannot survive without them. The church should be at the front of this thing, not behind it. And every single time someone says to me, well, our church isn't political. You know, we have a 501c3. I just want to go. This is why Jesus said money was the root of all evil, because basically you're not willing to tell the truth from the front of your church for money. That's it. And yeah. it's, it's rough and people don't like it. Well, our church isn't political. Every issue of our day that we are battling with right now in the culture is moral at its root. These mm-hmm. are moral issues. And if the church can't speak up on moral issues, I don't know what in the world they're doing. Well, I agree. I think that um, the ecclesia was made to be a governing body. It was never meant yes. to be a sit in a church pew kind of body. And I think the biggest fall that we had as an ecclesia was the fact that we let culture determine identity. And now we are seeing the fruits of our own seeds being sown because we didn't stand for identity back in the day. So now we have a whole generation that is so confused and we need to rise back up and claim back the identity. It's a battle of identity. It's always been about identity. It goes back to Genesis in the garden when the enemy tried to twist the words of the. Did God really say exactly. And it's always gone back to the seed to the fact that it's going after the kids is nothing surprising. It should not be surprising for the church. And we should be the first people on the one defense because we have the armor. We have the tools to fight it. And yes, we just have, they need empowered to get up and fight. That's hundred percent right. And for the longest time, the church has decided we're going to be down here. We're going to be downstream from culture and we're going to cast a big wide net. We're going to catch all the people that are struggling and dying in the culture. I'm like, why aren't you at the top of the, of the, of the food chain instead of at the bottom? Why aren't you upstream instead of downstream? It makes absolutely no sense. I said uh, last week on the show, or maybe it was yesterday to Rebecca Friedrichs. I'm like, what is this? This this sloppy agape, you know, that we say it's the gospel or politics, it's the gospel or education, it's the gospel or medicine. It should be the gospel and the gospel and the gospel should change us. It should motivate us. It should it should move us to action. God loved people. He was moved to send his son. And so how are we loving people if we know what's happening, but we do not use our voices? You know, I, I just it's it's shocking to me. William Wilberforce says. You know, you can look the other way, but you can never again say that you did not know. Right. And now people know. And we got to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. Uh, Lindsay, Renee, if people are interested in reaching out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So they can follow us or reach out to me at Moms for Liberty, MoCo, M-O-C-O at gmail.com. Or they can actually find us on Facebook. Thank you. Um, on our Facebook Moms for Liberty page, Montgomery County, Maryland. Montgomery County, Maryland. Uh, it's always exciting for me to have another warrior on the show. Uh, you're just vibrating with uh, with the Holy Spirit, and I can tell God's not done. He, the Lord is, the Lord is still at work. People keep telling me, you know, the rapture's coming. Okay, yes, but get off of the off, off of your couch. Okay, 
because we sit. I feel like Paul warned those people too. Like you can't just sit around and wait for the rapture. Like that was talked about in the early church. So why are we still sitting and waiting? Yeah, and and that was never what Jesus never said that. He said, "Occupy until I return." And if you if you do a study on Occupy, uh, that's why I said it's the gospel and not the gospel or. And so I'm hoping that there are more and more people that get involved and uh, there certainly are more avenues to do it now than there have been in many, many years. So this is exciting. Keep me posted. Uh, Lindsay, you know, you know how to reach out to me now. So uh, keep me posted and let's do this again real soon. I'd love to see what God continues to do as you guys get off the bench and engage. Yes. Thanks so much, Heidi. Thanks for coming. If you guys want more information on today's guests, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com and click on the show notes. I've appreciated having you guys here. And if you're subscribed, stick around. We'll be right back.